Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Benjamin Franklin was the one that once said that those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. (laughs) No matter what you think the rationale was uh, for why he said it, the message is still the same. Those that are willing to give up some of their freedoms, their liberties, their rights for what they see as safety will not have any of them. Why do you think that the founding fathers made the Constitution and the Bill of Rights in in the very first place? I mean, they they knew that freedom, liberty, and rights were something that were easily taken away from citizens and very extremely hard to get back. That's why they made it clear that these things came from God and were given to everyone. They did not come from the government and thus could not be taken away by the government. Another quote from the philosopher Wesley from The Princess Bride says, Life is pain, princess. Those that tell you otherwise are selling something. (laughs) His point is that there will be pain in life. There are bad things that happen, and you can't get around that. And if someone tries to say that they can do that for you, then they're wanting something in return. Our government oftentimes tells us that they need us to give up just a a few of our freedoms, maybe just one little one over here or or that, that one over there. It's not needed anymore. And in return, they will keep us safe. If we will let them infringe on some of our liberties, then everyone will be better off. If we will give up one, maybe maybe two of our rights, we won't need them anyway. Because the government is here to, to save the day and to, and to keep us safe. Oftentimes now, the government just tries to take the freedoms and apologizes later if the courts call them out on it. And... And lately, of course, that's been a big if. There have, has been no greater example of this than the current COVID crisis. It has gone from just stay home for two weeks to give hospitals time to adjust to now we're going to fire any nurse that doesn't get vaccinated. The COVID pandemic has given governmental officials and others in in leadership positions the power to infringe on the rights given to us by God and spelled out in our Bill of Rights. The message has been to the American people that, that safety is of the highest priority and you are selfish, yes, selfish, if you won't give up your freedoms for safety. Never mind that there will always be another variant or a virus to replace the one that is now disappearing. 
It is up to you to not oppose any of these measures and edicts that are being handed down to you little ignorant people that don't know how to follow the science. You see, it's it's not about science. If it was, we would be talking about natural immunity, where those that have had the virus have 13 times more protection than if they got the vaccine. It's not about helping the hospitals, the first responders, or government staff of some sort from, from getting overwhelmed. If it was, then we would not be firing these employees for not getting the shot. It's not about whether or not the vaccine is safe. If it was, then we would be talking about the side effects and not legally shielding the pharmaceutical companies and, 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 the, and the government from liability. It's not about killing the virus. If it was, we'd be talking about herd immunity. It's not about the vaccines. If it was, then we'd be talking about how, how these are not vaccines at all. Instead of, of changing the CDC's definition of what a vaccine is in the first place. They just did that just the other day. It's, it's not about protecting the vaccinated from the unvaccinated even. If it was, we would be talking about why the vaccinated needed to be protected in the first place. I saw this meme the other day. Just every once in a while you see a meme and and it just hits your funny bone, right? And sometimes you 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 see things and and you'll see a meme and and you're just like this is dead on. This is exactly right. This puts into words what I've been trying to say or whatever. The, the memes can be really, really good uh, way of communication. And they can be a real poor way of communication too. <laughs> but, but I saw this one and I really liked it. And it said, quote, the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected. <laughs> did you put, did you follow me there? <laughs> and, and and not only was it one of those things you say, man, this was dead on. But then it was even funnier, I guess, more funny. The fact the fact that there were fact checkers at Facebook that said it was missing context. <laughs> that that's a whole nother podcast. Let's let's not go down that rabbit hole. See, you see, it's it's not about any of that stuff. It's not about anything that we just went through. It's about power and control. It's about giving up freedom, giving up liberty giving up rights in the name of safety. The scary thing is that way too many people are willing to make that trade. They see safety as the highest priority in their life. We, as, as a family here, just had to go through this ourselves. My wife works in the medical field and, 
and has made this really quite a career. She has worked in a lot of different hospitals in a lot of different areas, has a lot of different knowledge when it comes to the medical field. I am not medical guy. I, I don't know that stuff. I don't speak that language, <laughs> but my wife does. And the income of that, that, that comes from her job allows us to have a life that we've chosen. It allows us to have flexibility. It allows us to, to be with our kids and, and not have to be, uh, not have to send them off to a daycare um, or, or whatever the case may be. We, the, the life that, that we have chosen, this, this job allows us to do that. It allows for the ups and downs of, of me being self-employed myself. And, and any of you that are self-employed, you know, there's, there's a lot of ups and there's a lot of downs. And the stability of what she brings in allows us to do that. It allows us to provide for our kids a, a stable childhood. Without it, there would be some major changes in our life and the lives of our kids. And yes, I, I understand that God provides for our family, but this is the way that he has chosen to provide for us. And we are thankful for that blessing. Well, about a month ago, we received notice that she would have to get vaccinated within less than a week or be put on unpaid leave. If she did not get the, vac- the vaccine within a month, then she would be fired. And there, there, was, there was no exemptions for those that had COVID, those that had natural immunity. There, she, she even talked to, uh, to them about this. Uh, they had, they had no answer for it. She talked to her doctor, um, doctor, the doctor basically lied to her, said there, there wasn't a, a single person who had died from the vaccine. And there were almost no exceptions for medical reasons, even though, you know, my, my wife had, had reasons to be concerned over this and they were not giving out very many religious exemptions even. And, and the ones that they were approving, they were firing those people anyway, saying that, you know, they, they just couldn't make accommodations for them. And we, we could have traded freedom for safety. We could have just had her get the vaccine and, and felt safe and that our lives would not be turned upside down. And, and I will say here that if, if, if that is your choice, if you've decided to have the vaccine, that's fine. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is this forcing of the vaccine onto someone because it kind of feels like rape and it feels like, like, like there's, there's absolutely no choice. And probably because there is absolutely no choice in most cases, we do not believe that you that, that you cut off your nose to spite your face. So what I mean by that is that there are times when we have worn a mask into, um, you know, a store that, that absolutely requires it if we have chosen to do, to do that. Okay. But when it comes to this, this, this was an area that we decided to stand on. We know you can't die on every hill. But this is one of the ones that we chose to fight for. 
But when, when, see, when we prayed, we felt like the Lord was telling us not to give in and to fight for this one. We did put in for a religious, religious exemption, and it took them to almost the last day before she was going to be fired, before they said that they had accepted her ex- exemption, and because she's 100% remote worker, she gets to work from home, she could actually stay employed. She's one of the only people we know of that have gotten this. Now, it it would have been so much easier in the short term to just give up our rights and give in to getting the vaccine. But we didn't. Ours has a happy ending, but I know of many where they did get fired. They made a sacrifice to stand up and and say that this is not right. It would have been much easier to put safety before freedom. Please, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you have gotten the vaccine, that you are part of the problem. That's not what I'm saying here at all. This was our individual choice to to not give up our safety for freedom in this case. Now, we see this mentality not just at the government or political level, we, we can also see this prioritization of safety in all areas of life. I, I knew someone that was very close to me that had been hurt and abused as a child. One of the effects of this, chi- of, of this childhood they went through was that it, it made this person so defensive about getting hurt emotionally that they could not get close to anyone. They held emotional safety as the number one thing, number one priority in their life, the, the very highest priority in their life. And they were willing to give up close relationships with others for the perceived safety or just not getting hurt emotionally again. Our, our four-year-old just started preschool at home this week. And we're, we're homeschooling her, and, and she loves it. She absolutely loves it. Um, we spent the money on a, on a homeschool curriculum that, that really it, it lays out the lessons and the lesson plans for each day. So it's, it's, it's easy. I mean, we just, we just sit down, we go through the, the stuff. It doesn't take us really very long at all. Um, and she's, she's excited about it each day. I mean, obviously it's preschool, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's been a really, really good thing. But the other day, it had me read a story to her on, um, and, 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 and the story had a moral at the end. And, and this is what the story read. It said, once upon a time, a country mouse had a friend who lived in the city, and he invited the city mouse to come and visit him for a peaceful and quiet vacation. He prepared all of the best morsels that he had, even though... They were plain and simple. He wanted the, the best for his friend. When the city mouse came to visit, he was not used to the simple fare, so he picked carefully at his food, all the while thinking of how much better his food was at home. After a time, he asked the country mouse, how can you stand a simple and dull life when 
so many exciting things await you in the city. There are fine restaurants, luxurious hotels, fine cars and, and shopping malls to visit. When and 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 when the you 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 get to meet when you go there, you get to meet these fine people in the city. In fact, I live with some very rich folks, he said. You are wasting your life here in the country. Why don't you just come to to me now and and, and see the good life? And well, these words were really too much for the country mouse, so he decided to pack up his suitcase and have a vacation in the city. It was midnight when the two mice reached the great house where the city mouse lived, and the house was gorgeous inside. The furniture, furnishings showed great wealth. On the table was a splendid, uneaten meal. The city mouse ran all over trying to give the country mouse the best food. They ate tidbit after tidbit, when suddenly the door opened, and in came a beautiful woman and a handsome man. The two mice ran for cover and, breathing hard, looked for a hiding place and found one under the velvet drapes. Before they could begin to relax, a large cat came in and he was smelling and searching the room. The big cat came closer and was about to discover their hiding place when the lady of the house called the cat to dinner. The two mice were terribly frightened, and the cat had almost found them. The, the mice remained hidden until all was quiet. And when they knew the household was asleep, they crept out of their hiding place. And the country mouse whispered in the city mouse's ear, This has been a nice visit, but I want to return to the peace and quiet of the country where there is security and no fear of becoming a tasty morsel myself. <laughs> and that was the story that I was to read to my daughter. And at the end, it even gives me a little prompt and it says, here's the moral of this story. And it says, it is better to live in peace and safety than to have the best and live in danger. <laughs> what? I, I didn't read that moral to her because I don't believe that. It is, it, it is not something that, that I would want to teach my daughter. What this shows is that no matter what your political affiliation, safety can be a hugely high priority for many. So is this, this, uh, this biblical philosophy that that we have to to be safe when it comes to our our own physical bodies i i i don't understand where that comes from because like in in this article from gotquestions.org it says in an increasingly unsafe world people are seeking safety and security armies face each other across vast deserts nations arm themselves with clear weapons Radical ideologies endanger millions. Closer to home, we face threats to our safety and that of our families every day. Physical safety is paramount in the minds of many. The Bible has much to say about safety, both physical and spiritual. 
In the Old Testament, God promised the Israelites that they would dwell in the land of sa- in safety if they obeyed his commands. That, of course, found in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. When God's people turned away from him and followed other gods, their safety was threatened, and the result was disaster. The ups and downs recorded in the book of Judges clearly link ancient Israel's nation's safety to their obedience to God's word. The Hebrew word translated safety in the Old Testament means a place of refuge, security, trust, confidence, hope. Proverbs 18.10 describes the name of the Lord as a strong tower into which the righteous man can run and find safety. Safety also involves trusting in the Lord, according to Proverbs 29.25. The New Testament does not ignore physical safety. Jesus actually spoke of carrying a sword for protection. That's Luke 22.36. And, and Paul was was kept safe from those who would harm him physically on several occasions. You find that in Acts 9, 17, 19, 23. However, the New Testament focuses more on spiritual safety, i.e. salvation. Jesus and, and the New Testament writers had a great deal to say about being saved. Spiritual safety is found in only one place. Faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and in the payment of our sins and in his resurrection. Jesus came into the world to provide spiritual safety and eternal safety to all who believe in him. The need for physical safety pales in comparison to the universal need for spiritual safety. One may be in great danger in this world of physical harm and still have the assurance of an eternity of security in heaven. We fear not those who can only harm the body, yet never touch the soul. That is, of course, from Matthew 10, 28. Unfortunately, many are deceived into thinking that true security is provided by the things of this world. They're provided by money, They're provided by comforts, position, maybe provided by power. But the safety that these things provide is is temporary and, and fleeting. Riches, well, surely sprout wings and fly off. That's what Proverbs 23, 5 tells us. Nothing is sure in this world. The the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned. But time and chance happen to all of them. That's, of course, Ecclesiastes 9.11. No worldly foundation can provide spiritual security in heaven. Paul spoke of a time to come when the Lord will return to this earth. And at that time, those who trust in anything other than Christ will find that they have no peace or safety. Quote, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, they sudden, then sudden destruction comes upon them 
as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. And that's First Thessalonians 5, 2-3. Now, those who have true wisdom will fear the Lord. The one who alone can give true security. We know that again from Proverbs 3, 23-26. And it says, Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie up, your sleep will be sweet. Have you have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. You see, we can not place physical safety in too high a priority in our lives. I am reminded of, of an account that just came about in Afghanistan. And there, there was this, this home church there. And as I'm, as I'm reading of this account, it just absolutely broke my heart in many ways, but it also encouraged me as well. Because there was this, this, this home church that was in hiding, of course, after Biden's total debacle of, of a withdrawal there. And they, these people of this church know that the Taliban is, is going to find them. They, they are, they're certain of that. They know, uh, I, I think they had been moving around, uh, you know, as much as they could, but they, they knew that it was, it, it was just a matter of time, really. And they, they're literally on the phone with some of their supporters over here in the U.S., and they are trying to encourage those that are there. Um, you know, things are going to be okay and, and everything that you would do if you were on that phone call, right? The Afghans' response really was quite surprising. They said that, that all of them had an unusual peace. That they knew that that their that their time here on Earth was was definitely going to be short. Short. It's, there's no doubt about that. But it was fine with them, and they knew that they would not deny Christ. They knew they would probably be tortured and, and definitely killed. But this did not deter them from from doing the right thing, and really having real peace. And it was not long into that phone call that the Taliban actually did show up. They broke down the door and there was a series of gunshots and then just sudden silence. They later found out everyone in the room was killed for their faith. You see, safety is okay to a point. But when it comes and becomes too high a priority, then we need to reassess our priorities. And I would love to hear from you on this. I would love to hear your thoughts. You can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. 